immediately thought this could be really interesting. It could be a major challenge and it could be very interesting because the book is somehow part of our DNA in a way. It's a part of our cultural heritage. There was an American film made before and that this was different because we grew up in Germany and we grew up differently from American filmmakers or British filmmakers who usually get to make these films. And that leaves a very different feeling in your gut. There's a sense of honor about it, a sense of pride maybe, but looking back and you celebrate those people that helped that cause. And in Germany, there's nothing to celebrate. Considering that this was a very dark episode of German history, it was clear that the way the story would be told, there wouldn't be anything glorious about it, nothing heroic. And we immediately thought like, how could that translate into the sound of it? It's also, I think, important that the music is not overwhelming or like too kitschy or too needed less pathos in a way. I wanted to find a way of being emotional, but at the same time, letting people actually decide what they think about it. At some point, um, Edward came to me and he said, well, I think there are just a few thoughts that I can give you on the film. One is, I want to have some music for Paul Bäumer's stomach. So I want to have something that is just representing his feelings in the trenches. I want to have a, a snare drum player that can't play the snare. And he said, I want to have you doing something that you've never done before. Please give me a soundtrack that I've never heard before because I know what it can add to a movie. It can elevate it to a completely different field and, and it can give it a completely different feeling. The opening of the film was for me the very first cue that I wrote. And when I saw it, I was very impressed because it was telling over 10 minutes without any dialogue, it was telling actually the essence of the film. The idea was to sonically verbalize sad history is attached to this particular uniform. It's also kind of a prospect to whoever would wear this uniform next. So it's actually a very brutal story, which the soldiers don't know yet. It was showing the dehumanization of soldiers. Um, it was showing the machinery of war where human beings are suddenly turned into material and they are not anymore human beings. Nobody's interested in their story. They just die and then next round is taking their uniforms. The whole montage is very much about getting an idea about the kind of war machinery because the economy had really much turned into a military industry and in that montage, it's really showing the cycle. It's basically like an assembly line where we see what, what happens to the uniforms. The key moment of that sequence probably is when we see the sewing machine and then the sound of the sewing machine kind of morphs into the sound of a machine gun. 
Just by seeing that sequence, I felt um, it's important that the music is in a way a part of that war machine. And that was the basis for our for the movie. It sounded almost like Led Zeppelin. It was actually an, a, a harmonium that he had inherited great-great-grandmother and that he sort of refurbished and put through a Marshall amp. So it's a very analog recording. It was used for religious Bach chorals in our homes, but it has a fantastic l low bass. And I used that bass with a distortion and an amplification. And when I was finished, I sent that cue to Edward because I was so moved by this piece. I, I felt like, I think this is actually it, but I need to be convinced that Edward is working with it or he, that he loves it. So I sent it over to him and he, he was cheering on the phone um, saying it's, it is actually so powerful and it's, you know, um, it's earthy and wild and from that onwards, I, I was able to use that theme in all other cues. Well, for us, it was very important, not just for sound, but for every department, to really get into the main character's head and express, in this case with sound, what he might at any moment feel and make that palpable, make that visceral, make that physical for the audience. battle sequences that the camera would just stay on Paul and that would mean lots of the battle activity would be told off screen and basically via sound. We looked at it as a kind of documentary because the sound, it needed to be intense, but at the same time, it couldn't become too entertaining in a way. We didn't want to fall back on tropes or cliches that have been used a lot, like certain bullet types. The inspiration Edward gave us was think about dust boat, so it needed to be very claustrophobic and very threatening. There are very few moments that are actually designy in a way, you know, designy in an artificial way. We obviously create all these bubble moments acoustically, but they're always kind of based on naturalistic ideas for sounds that we use and how we use them in the film without drenching everything in reverb and all these tricks of the trade that we all know. try to keep things distinct and also in terms of the dynamics of the film it's not just that we go from loud to low to quiet and there's a lot of shifts of density and also in terms of spatial width there are a couple of scenes which are really basic and very very narrow very quiet and, and, and concentrated but then there are also quiet scenes that are wide because we want to guide the audience in a way that it it's still, they can follow what Paul and, and his friends are going through. 
there's a, a bomb attack on a bunker and the bunker collapses and afterwards it becomes incredibly silent Frank actually did some very interesting experience with contact microphones where he dragged them through earth to get a very crunchy kind of sound that he later on uh, pitched down. So it would become that almost avalanche-like sound effect. Something that we would call unusable sound is super important to get these close to the characters when they fall into the mud, even have the microphone bumping into the dirt and stuff like that. It makes it really visceral and gets the audience into the action because this film is so much about moving from first person perspective to an observer and back. So when these guys reach the field kitchen, they actually have a little moment of joy and then all of a sudden the table starts shaking and the earth starts rumbling and shaking too. And the thing is that by that point of the story, they hadn't faced tanks yet. theme was also the war machine, the relentless machine that just doesn't stop. And so the music tries to capture that essence of the tank that will just go. When the tank arrives where you actually hear drums as an element of a dynamic rise, I mostly use the contrabass for, for that. sounds from the tanks, from the bullets, from the explosions, so there was already a lot of wildness going on and you totally understood the brutality and at the same time it needed an undertone that was actually going in the other position and also telling you during that battle how life is fainting away in a way, how the dreams, the hopes, how they are disappearing.
That scene is really about reducing elements to the absolute minimum because we come from a situation where the battle is basically at its peak and then Paul and the French guy are kind of in that hole in the crater and they isolated from the rest. As a soldier, even though you're fighting together with hundreds or thousands of other soldiers, if you're in the most desperate situation, you still have to deal with that alone, so to speak. At the end of that scene, he wakes up out of the stupor and he hears birds sing. For me, the sound, that's the sound of summer. And this is the winter of 1918, so probably one of the worst winters in the last centuries. And these little sounds to create a sense of relief and create a sense of what this character yearns for is, 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 it was very important to us. I was thinking it needs, in a way, uh, an ending that is hopeful and that, that can start, in a way, giving you at least the perspective that maybe we learn from the film in a way that we feel like, uh, let's, why don't we change? It's really what the, this film is kind of a standout for me because the whole collaboration throughout the entire team, it's very a very unique experience, this, this film, and I think it all adds to what it became in the end. With Edward, it was the most easy and, and lovely experience because it's really not into micromanaging. He's actually doing the opposite. He, he gives you very brief ideas to spark inspiration. And then he's really appreciating your creative input on that. Working with Edward is really a wonderful experience because he respects you as an artist and also as a person. What we wanted to have is at the end a cue that is not, you know, that doesn't want to be like a big piece of music that actually holds back, that creates a kind of texture where you have these reverse string or breathing sounds that are, you know, reminding you of um, inhaling and exhaling and that you are a part of, uh, you know, that you're actually um, on earth for doing something 